Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. When you call 911 in St. Louis, who responds? Usually it's the fire department, but these days when they come to the door, they might well be followed by cameras and reality TV producers. Hit it from King's Highway. Oh yeah, we got a fire and we're first in. We're on the scene. Here's to be a two-story brick, heavy smoke showing. One line off. Who lives here? Who who lives here? That's a scene from the first season of the A&E show Live Rescue featuring the St. Louis Fire Department. It's a production of Big Fish Entertainment, and it shows firefighters in seven different departments across the U.S. helping real people in everyday situations. It's now in its second season, and that again includes St. Louis. So joining us today to talk about it is St. Louis Fire Chief Dennis Jenkerson. Chief Jenkerson, thank you so much for being here. Good afternoon. And we're joined by Fire Captain Garen Mosby. He's the department's spokesman. So Captain Mosby, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Chief Jenkerson, how does this work? You get a call for a fire or a medical emergency, and do the TV cameras just automatically come along with you? Well, they're positioned in certain firehouses throughout the city, which is Garen's job. He, he decides where they're going to locate at and which companies we're going to follow. Um, it, we've been doing this for about a year now, so they're kind of uh, relegated, if you will, to certain crews, you know, uh, the personalities, the calls they get, things like that. So it, it's a it's a discussion we have minimum once a week, but almost every day. It's like where they're, where they're at, what are they shooting, you know, what are the other stories they're doing? Because a lot of it's based on personalities and, you know, how the public likes what they're seeing. And, you know, it, it's, it's evolved a lot over the last year. I'll, I'll say that. Garen, how do you decide who gets their close-up on any given night? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, you know what? Uh, everybody on the department in my opinion, and I'm biased obviously, does a phenomenal job. Uh, everyone is not necessarily suited to the to the TV aspect. I imagine so. there's some that probably wouldn't even want to be on TV. Right, and then you get those that say they don't want, and then I get word that, hey, I'm interested. So it, it uh, knowing your personnel, uh, it's, uh, it, it was, it's been a task. And like, like I said, the chief and I talked at the beginning, and at the beginning we, we really didn't know exactly what we were getting into. And as he said, it's evolved over the year. And so we've got, we've got some regulars, and then we try to expand so that we don't you know, overwork or, or put too much on any crew. So what kind of permissions? I mean, you're going out there. The firefighters obviously have agreed that they're going to be filmed. But when you're just showing up at, at somebody's house, what kind of permission do you need from them in order right. to film what happens next? So the, the easiest way to explain it is uh, the show, if you will, have an, has an access agreement with the department, which gives them access with us. So they ride with us. But it's no different than, say, you were to come out and want to ride with me. You have the same general access. So they follow the, the protocols, if you will, as a, a local journalist here, Fox 2, 4, 5, anyone, if they were to ride with me, uh, they're going to be privy to that. Now, to get into someone's personal space, if you will, for example, to go into someone's home or to be in the back of the medic unit with an actual patient, that patient or that homeowner has to give consent. And, and that's a find, signed consent. Do you find that most people are willing to give that signed consent? I will tell you this. When, when I started working on this over a year ago, I, I, I was, you know, I was pretty skeptical about that part. But I, I've been out there a lot. 
and you would be amazed. People like being on television, and, and when they learn that this is a documentary series basically showing the hard work of the women and men of the St. Louis Fire Department, the first responders, a lot of people sign on to it. Hmm. Now, Erin Heffernan is a reporter at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. She had an in-depth story on the fire department's participation in live rescue, and she said she's interviewed a few folks who didn't really love being on camera in their moment of need. Here's how Erin summarized what those folks told her. The people that I spoke to that were were filmed um, were all concerned by it, although I'm sure not everybody feels that way. Um, I know that some of the people on the show, um, you know, seem to have a a pretty positive attitude. But the people that I spoke with, you know, felt like it was confusing, kind of during a confusing time while they were, you know, had just been through a crash. And, uh, yeah, they just were concerned by it and concerned how the footage was going to be used. And that's Aaron Heffernan of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Captain Mosby, this is kind of, I mean, when you guys are showing up at someone's door, it's because something has happened to them. Are you worried this is a moment where they might not even quite understand what's going on or that they might feel under duress. Right, right. Uh, I did speak with Erin, and I, I know the the particular instance that she's referencing there. And there's some validity to that point. Obviously, people call us on their worst day, and we show up. The one thing I'd like to di- distinguish is, is what the production company does versus what the fire department does. Our role doesn't change. Right. So so we are there to take care of the patient first and foremost. And those operations, what the, the film crew is doing or the camera crew is doing, does not interfere. So I, I think that's that's really important to state. And the fact that they follow all the, the, the protocols and procedures as someone else's. But I mean, I, I do believe it's a valid point. I won't sit here and tell you that I haven't addressed an issue regarding the shows because I personally take care of them. Uh, so they have been far and few between uh, so I can't speak specifically to that one. And, and even when Aaron mentioned this particular one, I, I definitely wanted to talk to the, 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 the individual to kind of address and, and, and maybe answer some of her questions. So uh, it is valid, but we don't see a lot of it. Now, one of the things that seems most unusual to me about this show is just how quickly this footage ends up going on air. We think of there might be a year lag time before a, a film becomes something the general public sees. How fast is, is this footage being turned? So there's a there's a an appropriate delay, I will say, obviously because of the nature of the show. Some of the things that your first responders see should not be on television. Sure. Right? And and the last thing we want to do is show something that, that is inappropriate. So I, I, I will answer that question by saying it, it's turned relatively quickly, but there's an appropriate delay. And they, they ride with us five days a week. So... Uh, yeah, an appropriate delay. I'll, does, I'll stick with that one. Does just a, you say they ride with you five days a week. Does right. just a small portion of that then end up getting on the air? So so some of it, if, if, if you watch the show, and I'm sure you have. Of course. Uh, it, <laughs> it will say earlier in St. Louis. And, and a lot of those are something that might have happened that isn't necessarily live in, in the moment. Now, the overall appeal of the show, obviously, is the unpredictability of being live. And you get an enormous amount of live content. But they do ride with us other days in the week. And that's when the whole re- earlier in St. Louis, that's when those packages are shown. Okay. So I guess, uh, Chief Jenkerson, I'm wondering, that seems like something that almost, again, does make it a little bit harder because it's all happening so fast, you know, matter of days, sometimes even a matter of hours. Are you worried somebody might change their mind and just have no chance to even put up a red flag? Hey, I, I don't want this out there. Yeah, absolutely. We look, with the appropriate delay, 
we're watching these live feeds come in. And when I say we, there's two, three, four members of the fire department. There's also somebody on set up in New York who's watching what's going on live. And we have the ability to say, you know, even if they did agree to be filmed, we can kill it. And we can look at it and say, nope, that's not appropriate, whether it affects the individual, the citizen, the person who called for us, or it might have an effect on somebody else who's watching the program. We make that decision pretty quickly. And, and the we producers, have the they listen to you on that? Absolutely. We have the last call. One of the things I can specifically address without getting into the production side of things, actually, because I, I am in New York uh, weekly, uh, there is a tremendous amount of safeguards uh, to prevent something like that from happening, including our abilities in the various cities to have a, a more in-depth conversation or discussion about what's actually being shown. Because the last thing we want to do is, you know, offend or put something out that, that, that you know, doesn't... So I got to say, I mean, beyond just the hard work of dealing with all of St. Louis's emergencies, it sounds like a fair amount of work just to, to coordinate with these producers. I guess I, I was very surprised to learn the department isn't getting paid for, for providing all this access. Is that also true of individuals who are having to put so much time into this? So I should probably address that. So as you know, I, I go to New York weekly and I serve as an, an analyst, an expert analyst, they say. Uh, I am compensated for my time doing that. That's, that's good. I was going to say, what right, kind right, of right, deals right. do you have here, Captain <laughs> You're going to pull me to the side afterwards. The work I do as a public information officer day to day and the members that appear on the show, they are not compensated beyond their compensation from the city. Uh, there is a distinguishment. When I travel, I use my own personal time to do that. Okay. So I'm wondering in that case, I mean, I get that this is this is good for Captain Mosby, but w why have the department do it if there's not a check being written to make it make it worth your while? Well, you know, you have to look at what the members of the department do, the EMS personnel, the fire personnel. And up until recently, the only th uh, the only source of information that the people who were watching TV had were shows like Chicago Fire, you know, 911 Austin. And those programs totally romanticize what the first responders do. It's not a true uh, catch, if you will, on what happens on the streets. These programs here allow the citizens, the people who might think they want to be a first responder, to see what we do on a daily basis. And it's, and it's not all, you know, sterile environment. It's we do a down and dirty job. And there's, there's things that, um, that are connected with our job that take commitment, um, they take experience, uh, they take a level of professionalism. People don't understand, you know, just by watching the TV shows. This is totally different. It provides people the ability to look at our job and say, I think I can do that. And here's what really happens. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that in our recruitment. You know, people come into us and say, and I'll ask them, why do you want to be a firefighter? Why do you want to be a medic? And we've had a few of them say, well, I've been watching you guys on A&E, hmm. &E, on Live Rescue, and I want to give it a shot. Well, why do you want to come to St. Louis? because we've seen you and we see how good you are at what hmm. you do. So, yes, it has. Do we get paid? Yes. We get paid in return of people coming to our city and saying, we know you're one of the best in the country, and that's how we get paid. Now, we were interested in the potential legal issues here, and, and we spoke yesterday with Neil Richards. He's a leading expert on privacy law. He's a law professor at Washington University and the director of its Cordell Institute. He told us that in 1999, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down a decision he finds relevant to this issue. So this was in the, in the sort of first heyday of uh, live-action uh, reality television uh, and the heyday of, you know, the show Cops on, on Fox. Um, this was a case involving the Washington Post. Uh, 
that brought uh, reporters with cameras along uh, in the execution of police search warrants and arrest warrants uh, in the D.C. area. And so this case involved a man who uh, the police burst into his house uh, with a reporter taking pictures, uh, found him in his underwear. He'd done nothing wrong, but his, they were looking for his son, uh, who was had listed his house as an address. Um, and they executed the warrant and sort of pushed him and his wife to the ground and, and took a lot of photographs of it. And he sued, uh, arguing that the Fourth Amendment had been violated, that even though the police had a warrant to enter his home uh, to search for his son, they did not have a warrant to bring their friends in the media along during the execution of the warrant. So the case ultimately went up to the Supreme Court. Um, the Supreme Court held that he was exactly right. Uh, uh, Wilson um, was the was the plaintiff. And the, the rule is the, in, it, when the police execute a warrant under the Fourth Amendment, they can bring along people with them to help them execute the warrant. So uh, locksmiths or people who are there to help identify stolen property, but they can't bring along the media, um, even though there's undeniably a public interest, uh, both at the level of prurience and at the level of uh, self-governance, at knowing what our uh, uniformed first responders are doing and, and how they perform their jobs. Now, that was WashU's Neil Richards, um, and obviously he's not referring to specific things that, that are happening here, but he told us that he thinks the fire department's participation could tread into some tricky legal ground. Questions of reality television, particularly reality television that, that shines a light into ordinary people's lives unexpectedly, um, is, is fraught legal territory. Um, there's a number of uh, er- issues and areas here where the producers or the fire department could find themselves in in hot water, so to speak. So if you violate, if a government official violates a person's civil rights, including their uh, Fourth Amendment rights against unreasonable searches and seizures, the people whose rights are violated can sue under a, if it's a state government, under a federal statute called Section 1983. And so after the Wilson v. Lane case, it's, it's clearly established that uh, government officials who uh, trespass onto other people's property, um, uh, if they exceed the scope of that trespass by bringing along the media, can be liable in money damages in, in federal court. And that's privacy law expert Neil Richards. He also cited Missouri tort law that protects people from invasion of privacy, which could have to do with recording or distributing a recording. Um, Captain Mosby, I I know you've had a a reaction listening to all this. Um, Let's hear your thoughts on that. I would I, I would say I agree 100% with the Supreme Court's ruling and not being an expert in law. I would say the major difference in everything we just heard versus what we do. Uh, we're, we're talking about execution of search warrant. Or search warrant. So you entered in someone's private domain. Uh, the film crew does not enter into any private domains, be that your personal residence. You guys are not taking them no, into the houses. No, no. And that sounds like a yeah, big point for you. Right. Absolutely not. And, and again, I'll reiterate what I said earlier. Uh, the crews follow the same Uh, standards that if you were to go out and ride with me that you would follow or any other reporter here locally 
if they're coming into someone's home is because they have consent. Mm -hmm. to, if they're in the back of that medic unit, they have permission from the person being treated, mm -hmm. not, not someone with them, unless it's a parent. They have permission from the patient. So I'm not going to say it's apples and oranges. I don't think it's even apples and another food. It's just completely different. So it sounds like you really have thought through these issues. You feel like you're on very firm ground, Chief Jenkerson. We've looked through them. You know, you look at most, almost all of this filming takes place in a public place, mm -hmm. on a street, on a highway, in, on the front yard of a home that's on fire. They're not inside. They're mm -hmm. not invading anybody's space. They're, they're taking film, if you will, that any media outlet has the ability to take. So we've given them access, as we've said before. Now, going back to that more positive side, I know there are a lot of local fans of this show. We actually heard from one of them on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page. She writes, I watch Live Rescue every week. It's amazing to see our first responders in action. What kind of response are you getting from people as you're out in the community? You know, I, I think the response we're getting from our community, from the city community, is a, uh, a relationship with the people we're showing. Some of our medics, some of our more popular medics, our more popular uh, chiefs who ride with the crews, that's what we're seeing, a, a more um, personal connection, if you will. Mm -hmm. So when you know, they're out in public, it's like, hey, I saw you on TV. I love the way you handled the lady who was a little upset. But, you know, it's just they see the personal side of the fire department, and that's what we're trying to show. What do you make of the wild popularity of this show across the nation, not just in St. Louis? I understand we have a booster feeling for it, maybe, but in a city that's not being featured. We are a society that wants to know. Right. Six years ago, when I became the chief's public information officer, he stressed the need to be transparent. We are a society that demands transparency. And through the years, you know, other organizations have been able to do that. And it's great, as the chief mentioned, uh, Letitia Vaughn. Right. Uh, just I read the comments. I know you're told not to read comments. Yeah, don't read the comments. I, I read just about every comment and just the, the compassion that our members show everyone, right? And it is, it is so well received and it is really rewarding to see people care about their first responders. And it's not all roses and daisies, you know, there are some tough days and we give folks a front row seat so they can understand what their first responders deal with on a daily basis. I'm wondering as fans of the show, do you ever learn anything by watching another department? Yes. <laughs> do you? <laughs> you don't I don't know, know if the chief wants to. And just in our final minute here. Okay. I think with any first responder, with any chief who's watching a show, they're always looking at uh, finer points, like what does this department do differently than our department? What do they do? What do we think they do wrong? Mm -hmm. What do they think? You know, what are they doing right? What should we copy? So we talk about that a lot. But, you know, it's, it, this show gives us the ability to try and explain to people why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. Why do they break a window at a fire? We're letting out the hot gases. This is why, because if we don't, the firefighters get overheated, they go down. So there's a lot of uh, education that takes part, it takes place in this show, and it's helping us get what we do every day out to the public. So if you're just hearing the tail end of this, you can hear all of today's show tonight during the 7 o'clock hour. We'll also have a copy of the audio on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org slash STL on air. So Fire Chief Dennis Jenkerson, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And Fire Captain Garen Mosby, thank you for being here. Anytime. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.